Pens, welcome. It's um, it's good to have you on. It's um, Scotland. Good nice. to be on. Yeah, it's, it's good to have someone from um, obviously who's been in the Welsh Prem, but obviously been outside it. And um, congratulations on a on a successful year. It's been um, it's been nice to follow as well. And and for you to to finish the season as uh, as champions, um, I'm sure you've uh, had, a, had a good few weeks celebrating that as well. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long few weeks with the celebrations we've had, but. Uh, it's been a long 12 months, tough, tough year since since the relegation of last season, yeah. and uh, a lot of lot of work has gone into to achieving what we've achieved. So uh, it's worthwhile in the end. But it's been a, it's been a long year, very long year. Good. Just wanted to ask you what the what your thoughts were on on the reasons why you won the league. You've re, you know you've regrouped, gone again, and you know is it a lot of a lot of meetings, a lot of soul searching? Uh, is the recruitment been different? What what sort of factors have been behind? winning the championship? Uh, we probably started this season's plan, really, even before we were relegated last year. You know, it, you know the last couple of games, you know, we, we had to rely on other people to try and stay up and it didn't quite work out. And we'd already started talking about the plans for this season. If we'd been given the opportunity to stay in the job, that was. And, you know, fortunately, the owner backed us to stay in the job. Um, so as soon as the whistle went at Cardiff was our last game last season, you know, Work really started that, that next morning. You know, we met and went through a lot of things and met the players. A lot of players left. And then then the the big thing we wanted to do is recruit good characters this year to come into the group. And Because we had the nucleus of a decent team. They're a very young team. But we felt if we just had a bit of experience and, and boys who would just fit straight in with no egos. Um, and that, that was a big thing. And from day one, that's the message that the, the gaffer give the players. And... The plans we started the season with, you know, we never changed from it. We had the same meetings every week at the, at the start. I think the lads might have thought, I know we're doing too much, but, you know, it just worked. It worked perfectly for us. And, um, you know, there's a lot of hard work between all the staff and, and the players just were excellent this year. Even the lads who weren't in the squad, yeah. you know, they pushed the boys above them. And, you know, you know, it's like, Scott, when, when you're not playing and but the team's winning, it's hard for you to knock the gaffer's door then and have a, have a complaint. But... In fairness to the boys, there was a lot of Saturday morning sessions with the ones who weren't in the squad and Tuesday afternoon sessions before a game. And, you know, to, to, a, to a man, they, they were brilliant to work with. And they're the ones that really pushed the, the boys who played most of the season in, into the, the, you know, the levels that they, they attained every week. Yeah, you need that. You need a good squad. You need people who are going to come on a sub or be in that squad and, and make sure that the dynamics good, the atmosphere is good because... No one like you know. We've all been in dressing rooms where there's a few that are moaning and getting the other players down, but seems to have a. If you've got a tight knit, you know, twenty or twenty five, whatever you've got in your squad, there, it's um, it reaps rewards, doesn't it? So, yeah, no, um, great to great to see, and obviously um, going up another level now. It's um, in terms of in terms of signings. I'm sure behind the scenes there's already stuff going on about you know who's going to get signed and who's. I don't know if you've done your retained list yet, but um, yeah, that's another one you've got to look at because those players, not all of those players can step up to that that next level, can they? No, this year was the first year I've been in League One for quite some years. I was goalkeeper coach at Swansea back uh, 2004, 2000, up to 2007, and we, we got promoted in League Two and the League One. And, um, you know, the jump from League One to the Championship is, is a big jump. You know, so we know that we've got a lot of work to do in the summer. To give it, give everybody the best chance of, of competing, you know that's our, that's our aim next season to to compete and 
you know, it's, it's a tough division. This year was tough. Next year is going to be tougher. But listen, you know, we you all want to have those opportunities, and we look forward to to going to some of the big clubs again next year in the championship. Good stuff. So, in terms of preparation, do you do you take the players away? Do they, do you go on a camp or anything? Is that been prepared and things like that? Yeah, uh, we we always try to go abroad. Um, obviously, last season we couldn't. We went to Scotland, went to Edinburgh, to where the yeah. Scottish FA and Scottish Rugby Union work. That's where Hearts, Hearts is training ground as well, and that was very good. Um, I know we should know what we're going to do in the next next couple of days. We've got a couple of camps that we could possibly go to in Portugal, which yeah. is where we normally go. Um, I know the manager's keen to get that organised ASAP, and then we normally Gaffer likes to go away the first week. It's different to other managers I've worked with. You know, some of them like to go second week and maybe third week and play a game or two out there. But Gaffer doesn't want to play any games. You know, he just want to go get everybody together, get them away, and and start our planning from there really and get the lads back at it. You know, they've got a six week break now, so um, you know, it's a well deserved break because it has been relentless the last nine months. And how was COVID for you and the players? And obviously, it's it was new to everybody um, early on. Was it was it Zoom meetings? Did they have time off? Did they, you know, how, how did you how did you cope with it? Yeah, for the first break last season, you know, we, we went back to finish the season, but did a lot of Zoom. Yeah. Um, the boys all on Strava, so they were set. They they worked to do on Strava, and getting those dealers back into the sports science department, so we could see that you know they were doing the work that uh, they were asked to do. And in fairness, you know, they all knuckled down and worked really hard. Um, come back again, start the season, and I think I think the the head of performance thing we ended up doing 56 covid tests over the last sort of nine months and it was two a week and and there's been some pretty strange places we've been to and different port of cabins and different dress rooms and it, at times it's been it's been strange we travel on two buses can't use the canteen at the training ground can't use the dressing rooms boys turn up in a kit and in fairness they just everybody just got used to it and you know the fans, no fans as well. That again, that, that's going to take some getting used to having fans in the ground. We played um, Oxford away when they were allowing people back in, and there's a thousand fans in Oxford. I was back. I can't remember who it was October, November time, and honestly, a thousand fans in the ground made hell of a noise. That they battered us for the first 20, 25 minutes. I think, and that was half the reason really, because it was so long. And then that was the only time we had fans all season. So to get fans back next year will will be a, will be great really, but it'll be it'll take some getting used to for some of the lads. I think. Well, it'd be novel, won't it? Be new, and yeah, it's it does. It, it takes it away from it. You know, everyone wants to see the Premiership, everyone wants to see good football and things like that. But when you see no fans there, it, it does take its toll, doesn't it? So yeah, that, that, that's probably the one thing. It you know a bit gutted for the lads really. You know, a lot of them is their first promotion and, and definitely the first time they've won a title. Yeah. You know, not being able to celebrate that with the fans, it, you know the They've missed out a little bit on that, but hopefully we can, uh, you know, the fans will come back next season and, and show the appreciation of what the lads did this year. Good. And just a little bit about your role then at, at Harley, your first team coach. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you deal, have you got a goalie coach as well? You're just first team outfield and things like that. You've got. Goalkeeper. Yeah, I just, I've, I've done the odd goalkeeping session or, you know, in the last sort of. I don't know if I've been first team, first team coach now for four and a half years. If the goalkeeper coach is ever ill or something happens, then, then obviously I'll step and do that. But if I, I've probably done that twice in the last yeah. four years. Um, yeah, so I just work with the outfield players, with the gaffer, his assistant and myself. And between the three of us then, we plan training. And then every one of us sort of delivers different aspects of the training, whatever the gaffer wants, really. Yeah. 
we'll go on to that after, but just looking at your early, um, early years as a young boy, um, what were your first memories playing football and did you start really early? Did you have a love for the game or did it, was it one that just grew on you? No, I've, me and my brother and my dad, my dad played football. So, you know, we grew up going to watch my dad on a Saturday afternoon yeah. and he played with a lot of other fathers who had boys like same as me and my kid. And, um, we ended up forming a team, all, all the lads, um, all the fathers, all their sons, and they, they formed a team. And, you know, we had some team, I think about eight of us ended up being professional footballers. Chris Coleman was in the team. Right. Um, it, it, was, it was a decent team. And, you know, we, we won a lot of trophies back in Swansea. Um, but it was just something that was in, in all our blood, really. And our dads played football and it just went from there. Um, I was never going to be... You know, my brother Ray was always always the one. You know, he's one of the best players in the team, and you know, me becoming a footballer sort of happened late for me. I was 19 when I got the opportunity to sign for Stockport. I'd played a decent level, and I'd been in at Swansea, and I'd played for the schoolboys and things like that. But you know, I never thought at 17, 18, I was going to be a professional footballer. And I've it's my 31st season. I've just finished in football. You think back like that. One now, have I got away with that for 31 years? And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, you know. I'm, it, it's it's something I'm really proud of that I've, I've had that the, the career I've had and being able to work with the people I have worked with is uh, and I've been very fortunate really Scott. Now looking at your the list of teams you you've played for there obviously leaving school where did you leave school and go to then do you say there because oh. I left college went to Sixth Form College and then I was it was off the back of that really I got in the Welsh Colleges team yeah. and then I got in the British Colleges team. And uh, the physio for the British team and the English team knew Dave Jones, the old Cardiff City manager. He worked with him at Morecambe and he told Dave about me. Dave was just going into Stockport County and off the back of that, they asked me to come play a game for him. I played, played a reserve game one afternoon and they offered me a contract straight after the game. It was just, okay, yeah. So I was going to go to university to be a teacher. Yes. I thought, well, I'll, uh, I'll put that on the back burner and I'll, I'll have a go at this. I, and just see yeah, seeing where it takes you, seeing how it goes. And then you just said there 31 years later. So, yeah, so you, you said about Stockport there. How long were you spell at Stockport? I was only at Stockport for a year. Um, we got promoted out of the old Division 4. I never played a game for Stockport. Um, Paul Cooper was the first choice keeper and I was third choice. But during the, the Christmas period, I'd come home for Christmas and um, I had a phone call to say I was going on loan to Wigan. Wigan were in the division above. So I thought I'd just go in there as a backup, like somebody who's injured. And Nigel Atkins, funny enough, it was Nigel who was injured. Uh, the other goalkeeper broke his finger. And like a week later, I make my debut in, in the third round of the FA Cup against Coventry, who, were in, who had won the Cup two years before. Yes. And so I went on to Wigan, played four games and broke my thumb. Um, went back to Stockport. Then the keeper had been injured at Stockport, so I was in around the squad then for the rest of the season. But then the end of that season, Wigan bought me off Stockport. For four thousand pound, <laughs> so I went like a lot of money. Four thousand pound, yeah, massive fee. Um, and then I went to Wigan. Had three years at Wigan then. But uh, that was it. Was good. I enjoyed enjoy Stockport. Getting promoted of the old division four was 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 great to be around that that season with the the boys. And um, and then I moved on to Wigan. Three years at Wigan, and move on again. And it's, you know, the, the club after club after that really made. So in terms of influences on your career any mentors anyone that you used to speak to or back then I don't know whether it was 
you know, uh, commonplace to have agents, but was there anyone guiding you and, or were you talking about family before? I suppose they were quite, um, quite strong in yeah. giving you information and things like that. Yeah, you know, my family have always been there for me, my dad and my brother, obviously my mum as well. And um, as a kid growing up, Ray Clements was my was my my hero. Like, and I was lucky enough to his, his son Steve worked at worked at Hull with me, so yeah. I was lucky enough to, to meet Ray a couple of times. Um, yeah, I, I was a Liverpool fan growing up, so you know, Ray Clements was somebody that that I I thought was excellent, and even Bruce Scrobler after him. Then you know they were they were. My, my, the keepers I looked up to, along with Neville Southall, who was yeah. obviously Welsh and probably the best keeper in the world at one stage. Very but in the main, my family have been sort of the ones who have been there as a sounding board, really. I've never had an agent, so um, and they certainly weren't around when I first started anyway. But um, I always had enough people or friends I could go to for a, for a bit of advice. And senior players always used to help you out as well. You know, they 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 point you in a direction and. They tell you where you're going wrong if you need it to be told, and and uh, there's something that I was fortunate enough to play with some or work with some lads who'd uh, played a good level before they played at Wigan and Stockport. Yeah, and then there's other ones here. I've seen uh, Hereford. Obviously, Yeovil. Yeah. You had a your majority. I think 230 odd games. Is that right at Yeovil? Yeah, 313 in all competitions. There you go. 98 yeah. sheets, not like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a season at Hereford. Uh, I went there as, as number one keeper. I signed and started well, and uh, a lot of the fans might disagree on this one, mine. But then I got sent off away at Scarborough. Uriah Rennie sent me off and lost my place in the team. I had a three-game ban, and uh, I came back and they signed a signed a lad called John Sheffield. John had been at Norwich. Um, and John came in for, for three months. I just couldn't get back in the team. John was a very good goalkeeper. And then when he left, I went back in the team and oh, I just had an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Honestly, a nightmare. Just couldn't get and couldn't get back to strange, really. I was back in the team. And when John went, I played a few games and we lost uh, lost 7-1 away at Mansfield on Boxing Day. It was back in the days you used to play two games in two days then. You know, you say to a player now these days, you're playing back-to-back games over Christmas. They look at you dull. You know, they look at you dull when you got to play Saturday, Tuesday every week. But yeah. we lost seven-one away at Mansfield, and uh, yeah, I didn't have a great game. And uh, surprisingly enough, I got dropped for the next day. And and Chris McKenzie got in the team, and he he was fantastic. He had, he had twenty odd games. I think I had one or two games. He, he got sent off, but in the main, uh, Macca was outstanding. And that that period then, I, I really wasn't enjoying things. I didn't get on with the manager. Um, I'd obviously had a bad time, lost, lost a lot of confidence and and I ended up going to Yeovil off, off the back of playing against them in the reserves. They knew my, I was up, my contract was up and I got released from Merrifield and within a day or two I'd gone to Yeovil, met them, played in a testimonial game against Southampton and signed there and then I just, just felt it was the right place to go at the right time. Dropped out of the Football League to go there really. And but I had I had six fantastic seasons at Yeovil. It was a fantastic club to play for, and yeah, we had we had good time there. Really enjoyed it. Some good lads there. I remember obviously playing against you, Chester Days. There's some real good characters in that team. You know, yeah, Terry Ford and Darren Way. Yeah, Darren you know, Graham Tottenham centre half signed me. Um, Warren Patmore. You know, me and Warren both left at the same time, and then went to Russian and Diamonds back in the league together. 
yeah, we had a we had a really good group, really good good group of lads who after I went then, you know, they really kicked on then won the FA trophy, got back in the football league and unfortunately out of the league now. But you know, they had a few years of great spell and ended up in the championship. A club like Yeovil in the championship was just ridiculous you know, at that level. You know, what Gary Johnson did there and the team he had, you know, they they achieved that remarkable to get to the championship really, a team that size. So in terms of looking back at your career. Is that the happiest you were in a spell of games? Obviously, it's your most games, but... Yeah, yeah, probably. I only missed a game in six years. I had a couple of... Uh, I got sent off a couple of times. I broke my ribs once. Uh, I had appendicitis. Um, I think the most I missed in a season was like four games. I played. remember played 60 games one year with cup runs and, and everything else. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great time. Really good time, the six years at Yorval. Yeah, probably the, the happiest. Although I, I went on to other places I really enjoyed playing for. Yeah, yeah the six year the Oval was, was uh, something that, you know, I look back with fondness, really. And you, going on from there, you talk about Rushton, uh, Farnborough, was it? Yeah, Rushton was unbelievable. Although I didn't, I think I only played eight games that season. Again, Billy Turley was the goalkeeper and Billy, Billy had a fantastic season. But I really, really enjoyed my time at Rushton. I got on really well with the manager. It's not often that you know you're not in the team and get on with people, but we had a great. We lost the playoff final that year to Cheltenham at the Millennium. You know we had a really good season, but I was 32 then, Scott, and the manager knew that you know I wanted to play. You know Billy was Billy's on top form. I'd gone on loan to Farnborough. I played a few games there. Then Billy got injured, so I, had go, I went back to finish off the season. Yeah. But you know, I was 32 and I've just wanted to play. You know I've, I've I've dropped down division so I can go and play football. I'm not somebody who's Who's, who's content sitting on a bench, picking up money when I'd rather be playing week in, week out. And, and that's the way uh, I wanted to go. Now, the players are different. Everybody's got their own decisions to make, but I just didn't see how I was going to play at uh, Rushton because Billy's form was so good. And they sold me then to Farnborough in the conference. So I went back to the conference just, and again, it was enjoyable for, for a while, but then the owner sold up and, and the club sort of went downhill from there really, which is sad. It was, a, it was a good club and, you know, good fans, good group of lads. And um, it, was, it was an enjoyable time while I was there. So if you look at the culture of today's players, it's changed, you know, a massive, a massive amount. If you look back then, what are the biggest things that you could take from the culture back then to now? I mean, I can name a few. It's, you know, little get-togethers, little nights out, the drinking culture. You can say what you like about lads enjoying themselves and stuff, but it does create that bond. Nowadays, you've got to be very careful how you treat players, what you say to them, how much information you give them. Do you agree with that? Do you think, you know, it's it's totally come full circle? Yeah. You know, I was 19 when I went to Stockport. And we always had Wednesday off and Sunday off. And, you know, first thing you do on a Tuesday, if there was no game, straight on the pub. And, uh, and But the togetherness the group had, because everybody went, they knew it was... You know, this is what we're going to do Tuesday afternoon, off Wednesday, recover back in Thursday. But, you know, we're a hell of a group. And I was the same at Yeovil. You know, they they were quite young. And although I didn't live in Yeovil, the boys, you know, they had a fantastic, fantastic group together that socialised quite a lot. And I think that's why we were so successful. Um, you know, and, On that one, did you, um, the Chester lads went to Falaraki, I think we did, and the Yeovil boys were there. We were all there. I don't know whether you'd have been there. Tone, um, no, I wasn't there. I wouldn't be allowed to be married back then. So, 
<laughs> the missus will not let me go. No chance. But but honestly, that I know Cheltenham beat beat us when I was at Rushton Diamonds in the playoffs, and that was the same sort of Cheltenham group of lads that come out of the conference into the football league, and they were the same. They they were a right tight group. They were good lads. I played with a few of them at different clubs later on, and I always talked to them about how we knew that they were a good team, but they weren't the best individuals. But as a team, they were they were so tough to beat because they they were proper proper mates, and they you know they looked out for each other. And stuck up for each other and knew how to get the best out of each other. And I think if you get that, um, and there's something that we felt this year, this group this year, really good friends together. There's nobody in the group that, you know, it goes off by himself. They do things together, whether it's golf or, you know, they, they don't go out drinking like like gonna, we used to. I was going to say that. How do you replicate that team spirit without putting them in a position where you're probably going against what you really believe in in this modern day because you don't want them going and getting drunk, but you want them to get together and in the times of COVID. So how did you sort of get them together? In how fairness, um, one, of the, one of the big things we did this year was the signing of Richie Smallwood um, from Blackburn. Richie hadn't been playing for Tony Mowbray at Blackburn last, last season. And he was somebody we identified and, and the feedback we'd had of... of previous coaches and managers him was that he'd captained them in League One and got them promoted. And, and we were told, listen, if you sign him, he, he will he will get you lads out of League One. And although Richie missed quite a chunk of the season towards the back end with an injury, he was still the leader in, in the dressing room on the training ground. He'd come out and watch when he could. But he, he was always there in and around the boys. And he, he played the last, got back in for the last few games of the season. You just see that type of character and what he did and I know they did a lot together, the boys this year. Like I said, whether it's golf or, or go out for meals together, you know, all the girlfriends and wives seem to be quite close together as well. And you know, it's, it speaks volumes for the way they've been this year. And like, like I said before, even the ones not in the team, they're always part of the, the same group, and they really have they have got a, a bond together that uh, that's kept us on this year. It's interesting. It's, it's a fine line with with footballers because you want to do stuff with them. Certainly in, in my in my sort of Obviously, been it was a TNS for a long time, but through the times it was, yeah, we're going to have a drink, we'll get the wives and girlfriends, and then over the last say five six years, it was if we if we're making the players train harder and stay a bit longer, and then ask them if their girlfriends want to come and join in, it was sort of is it too much? Are we seeing each other too much? So you know you can look at it on both both ends of the spectrum and, and what fits. But a study visit I did at Michelin, the Danish uh, Danish champion champions, yeah. they had. One week, I think it was every, every month, I think it was after training, they'd get all the wives and girlfriends and the children and they'd all eat together, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. So there are things that can be done to try and get that, that team bonding and that togetherness. And if, you, if you've got that in any squad, you're halfway there and, and then it's down to recruitment X, Y, Z, isn't it? Yeah, the gaffer did, did well this year as well. We had a couple of little blips here and there. And um, we lost a game on a Tuesday night. I think it was Ipswich game. And then obviously we'd, we'd normally be off Wednesday and Thursday. But we just decided then, listen, just we need to get away from each other. So everybody had two days off, came back in. And then we went on that run, 14 games, then wins three draws until the last game on Saturday, um, which, which got us promoted, really. You know, we were never at the top four year. And the gaffer made really good decisions when, when things hadn't been great and he knew when to give the boys an extra day off or, you know, two days off or whatever it would be. 
and uh, each time we did that the boys came back and responded really well and um you know that that, that was a, the big thing this year we made, he made decisions perfect decisions at times and and it, and it worked for us well good okay mate, so if we go away from the sort of the english um leagues and then look at welsh prep you played for a few Carmarthen. you had a couple of seasons was it a couple of seasons at Carmarthen? yeah i left farnborough and i thought i was signing for swansea city you know which was my dream really yeah. I'd, uh, I was living in Swansea then. I'd moved back from Rushton and um, I'd, I'd agreed a contract with them. Um, started pre-season and then uh, something happened that the contract was no longer there, um, which was a bit bit disappointing, yeah. um, to say the least. But so we were already in the middle of pre-season and I'd, and I'd spoken to a number of clubs about going back into the football league, but Swansea was always my first choice. I have an opportunity to go and play at Swansea. Roger Freestone was number one, so I knew it would be tough. But you know, to play for your hometown team is, is yeah. most people's dream, really. Um, but it didn't work out, and uh, I was sort of left in the lurch a bit, really, because the other clubs I'd spoken to would sign keepers. So, and then Tommy Morgan, I played for Tommy a couple of years earlier in the Welsh team. Uh, he was my first manager for the semi pros. Tommy got wind that, that I hadn't signed for Swansea and him and Jeff Thomas, the chairman at the time, um, they came along, we met up for a coffee and, and I, I signed for Kamada. Um, and off the back of that, then I, I got into, I got my coaching job with, with the FAW and so, you know, it worked out well, really. I can't, I can't oh, really yeah. come. Timing. So I had, I had two and a half years at Kamada. Um Tough first year because I dislocated my shoulder after about eight games and we, we struggled all year. Just stayed in the division. Tommy lost his job, unfortunately. Mark Jones and and A's came in then. And yeah. we, you know, we lost to you guys in the Welsh Cup final. But because we got to the final, you'd won the league. We got to Europe, and yeah. you know that playing in the UEFA Cup was unbelievable. And we we beat Longford from Ireland, then we drew Copenhagen and played in the national stadium. It was it was unbelievable to do that. You know, even at my age, toward the end of my career, you know, you know that's something that I. I'm, you know, I look back and it was, they were two unbelievable trips to Ireland and then out to Copenhagen. Again, we had a great group of lads and uh, Tony lose 2-0 out there and then we played them at Ninian Park and lost 2-0 there. You know, they, they, they'd in the Champions League most years and they, they obviously didn't make it that year. And it, it was it was a good luck, good time at Commander. I had two and a half years. Then Newport were looking for a keeper and I, I just felt that, you know, I wanted to have a change and I went to Newport then. Hello. It was good. I enjoyed commanding. Good group of lads. A lot of boys I played with in the semi-pros, you know, yeah. from Barry, Lloydie and Yorkie and people like that. And we had a we had a right good laugh. Good group of boys who, who got on together. And, and you know, it, it was new to me coming home and, and travelling on a bus up to North Wales. And you know, I found that really tough at, at the start. I that, yeah. Oh, I found that hard. But um, uh, Lloyd used to drive most of the way most of the trips and uh Gallagher's driving is, is something to uh we had some yeah scripts with him driving and all that good lad Lloyd yeah just going back to your your thoughts on there the European you talk about you know playing in Europe at what would you have been there 32 33 yeah 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 you, obviously it's not for a goalkeeper you can go on to late 30s but at that time mm. when when you're playing in Europe you know you've played Conference, you played second division, first division, and whatever else. But to play in Europe, you know, it's it's a it's a big deal. Not a lot of people can say yes, they played in Europe as well. And and obviously, you get that with a with a Welsh setup. And 
yes, there's a lot of knockers for, of the Welsh Premier League and whatever, but to play in Europe, like you just said, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, you guys, you know, and the boys from Barry, you know, they, they, they play, I don't know, 30, 40 games in Europe over the years. You know, the fact, you know, every now and then, one of the boys, you know, we've got an Irish boy who's, who's played in it, I know, and he played in the Champions League and the Europa League for Dundalk, and and then you have a little bit of a laugh at them, oh, Europe, oh, yeah, I played in the UEFA Cup, and, like, and they look at you, tell oh, you played in the UEFA Cup, yeah, 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 I did, played against Longford, played against... I'll look at it, I'll look at it. <laughs> A little luck, four games in the cut through two rounds, so yeah, yeah. I played in Europe as well. It's it, it, you know, I used to see obviously, I never played in Wales till, till in my 30s, and obviously, I knew a lot of the boys at Barry and then they playing 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 in Europe every year, Lloydie and the lads. It, it, was, it was brilliant. So, to to manage, I remember the day we played RV West in the semi final, and we knew that if whoever won the semi final was that definitely in Europe, yeah. And we I think we beat them one nil, uh, down at Stable. And it was one of the, the best wins ever because I was just so proud of, and to get the opportunity to play in Europe because none of us, well, I hadn't certainly done it. Some of the other boys had done it before. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a great achievement. Really. I'm really, really pleased I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, good. So you moved on then to Newport and then spells at Neathport, Talbot, and then obviously Abba where you were. There was the management role, but look, the other at Neath, it was a, it was one where they came into the league, and it was a bit like, you know, we're all taken aback the signings that they were looking at making, um, the plans that they had, and, and I, I always said if they could have sustained it, then it would have been would have been great for the league, but it didn't work out. But some of the players that played there, the draw of of playing for Neath in a full time sort of setup, it was um, it, it was great. Yeah. The Neath one for me was it was a strange. Also, my brother was with, with Neath, and um, I'd gone to Newport. We stayed up that year in the division. We were when I signed, we, they were bottom of the league, about ten points adrift. And Peter Beadle brought in a few older players, myself and a couple of others, um, Jason Bowen, myself, uh, John Bruff, a second half I'd played with years before at Hereford, and um, Guppy Craig Hughes as well. And we just managed to stay up that year. How we got out of the trouble we did was was um, was amazing, really. But then I broke my leg. Then the start of the next season against Portal, but and that was me done, really, Scott. So I played a couple of games for Newport uh, for um, for Neath when I was coming back from my injury. But I played two games. I knew with my leg wasn't right. I needed another operation. Um, and that was that was me done, really. Then I took the I took the Portalba job as my player manager there. But I got injured in the pre-season, so I, I, I couldn't really play. So, you know, but the six months at Patalba was tough. But, it, you know, look back, every 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 manager I've played for, every club I've worked for, you know, there's always bits that I've taken from it. And I, I did enjoy a good group of lads, yeah. really good group of lads, young team. But um, so, although, you know, I decided to leave. I went back to Newport, for enough. But, you know, I did enjoy, enjoy that first spell. In management, really, I'd done the semi pros as well off the back of that. So, yeah, we'll you know, some... how did how did that come about, and you know, how how has that helped you in, in roles now and, and experiences? Yeah, well, I broke my leg, and I and I was at Newport, gone back to Newport. I was at Newport, I never played all season, so I spoke to them and said, "Listen, you know, I'm, my leg isn't going to be great. You know, I'm 34, 35 now. This job has got, has come up and." You know, can I apply for it? And they were like, yeah, of course, 100%, you crack on. So 
I didn't expect to get it, but I thought if I get an interview and then see how that goes, it's always a good experience having the interview. So I had the interview up in Ryder, Um and the day later they phoned and I got the job, which was which was you know a bit of a shock, but you know, something that I really wanted to do. Obviously, I'd played for the semi-pros, I'd played in the four nations a number of times. You know, we won it in Scotland. Um we did so, yeah, yeah, it was, in, um, I don't know if you if you can remember how we played. Yeah, you were, Played in the first game and then got injured in the 91st minute. And I was in hospital for two days. Nearly yeah, I remember. the old um, calf sliced open and whatever. But it was it was nice of the lads to come and see me in hospital after a night of drinking because they'd won the, the tournament and stuff. And, you know, pass the regards. I got in that first game, pulled my hamstring against Scotland. So I didn't play again. I went off after 20 odd minutes. And um, obviously we'd beat Scotland. And then the next game was against England. But... Ireland were playing Scotland some, in some other part of, of, of Scotland. In, no, well, Aberdeen we went. Aberdeen, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, I went to watch that game. I said I said to um, Andy, Andy Beatty, yeah. I said to Beatty, listen, do you want me to go and watch that game? You know, I'd rather try and help the team as best I can. And if I can go and watch, at least we know what we're doing when we play Ireland or what we're going to face. So I went to that. By the time I got back to the hotel in Aberdeen, obviously the boys, we'd been to Scotland and the boys had beaten England. You know, it had already started by then. There was, was a bit going on in the hotel, you know. Good group of lads. Obviously, as well, yeah. I joined in with it. You know, be rude not to. Um, but that was a hell of a trip. Obviously, we beat Ireland then, and we were waiting them for the result of the other game. And we were in the car park of the pub across the road from the hotel when we found out we'd won it. And they brought the trophy to the airport for us, and we got it in the airport. Brilliant. I remember all of us getting on the plane with our caps on and the and the trophy. It was, that was a hell of a trip. That. Yeah. But good, good times. But when I when I got the job, then you know, one of the big things again, going back to the same thing we've already spoken about, I always enjoyed the the, the trip we had and the playing in the tournament because we had such a great group of lads. And you know, if he was in the team, it was great. If he weren't in the team, then you backed the person who was in front of you. And you know, we won. I only won it once. I know we won it a few times, but um, you know, we always had a good group of lads and enjoyed the trip and. You know, good memories. So when when I had the manager's job, then I was one one of the big things I wanted to to try and replicate really the, the team spirit and you know the togetherness that we had. And so the first year I had it, we it was in Inverness. So I I, I got the job before the Christmas, so I had loads of time to plan for it really. And Terry Boyle and Colin Stables came and helped me with the squad. So I'd done a bit of research into where we were staying and in Inverness. And one of the big things is trying to recover because those games come thick and fast. And but as well as recovering, you know, try and let the boys let their head down a bit as well and have a good laugh. And I remember I got in touch with a local college because we played the first game against Scotland. So then the next day was a down day. I wanted to get the boys to recover as best I could. So I organised with this college that they had all these student masseurs. So the next day the boys didn't know what they were doing. They just had to get on the bus, bring a towel with you, bring a towel and get you kicked on, like. None of them knew, apart from Boyley myself, we knew where we were going. So we pull up with this rock up with this 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 college and all the boys are going for this massage. But it was like a, a beauty college, so there was hairdressers there and nail technicians and everything. I remember Hello, Tony Robert, Robert, Robert had a haircut and had his nails done and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was it was brilliant. But the lecturers were so pleased because the students normally get to get to do massage on on older people. So from to have a group of young lads, athletes, or some of them athletes, yeah. to come. You know, they said, "Oh, can you come back?" So I can't fit into the trip. 
but they ended up coming on block to a hotel after the next game and we'd set them up in the corridors at the hotel me yeah. Bonnie and Stapes were like in, in in and out of every room making sure there's no making sure they're behaving themselves yeah. <laughs> but uh it was unbelievable and Bowley had got in touch with um Damien Roden Damien was at, at Bolton at the time with um Sam Allardyce for some sort of recovery stuff and proteins and stuff like that and when we got to the hotel in, in Inverness one, the kit room was full, box to box, of shakers and every supplement ever. He <laughs> just sent so much yeah, stuff yeah. to us. Honestly, the boys had everything on that trip. Unfortunately, we, we had the game to beat England at the end, and and uh, and we just missed out. But uh, it was it was a good trip and a good experience. Um, but then when I moved on and got the academy job at Swansea, I couldn't do both roles, so I had to step down from it. But uh, no, I really enjoyed the semi pros. Really did. Yeah. It was good. And it's something that you know, I've learned from. From my point of view, I wish I'd have wish I'd have been able to play more and things like that. You know, it's just one where probably looking after your day job as well. That was always yeah. one thing that you had to you had to do. But certainly enjoyed that trip, even though I was in uh, hospital for a couple of days. But these things happen. Yeah, so, if if you're looking at your your next journey in the on the coaching ladder, did you already start doing your um, your licenses? In and around Swansea, or, you, or do you have them done yeah. when you went there? Yeah, I I did my I did my um, my football leaders award in 1999. I was playing for Yeovil at the time, and um, a lad who was probably the, the the main reason why I got in the coaching a lad called Roy Thomas. He worked for the FAW for years and years. Me and Roy played together for a local team when I when I was a nipper. Roy was an older older than me. And we always got on and he, he used to have his own little coaching school. I used to go and help out on the holidays, things like that. So I did my leaders and my sea badge. And then when I went, then I was at Yeovil, I used to go to Bristol Rovers on a Thursday afternoon to do my B licence. The PFA put a B licence on for local local clubs. So it was me from Yeovil, there was a lot of the Bristol Rovers boys, a couple of lads from Bristol City. So I did that. Then I did my uh, my goal-giving B licence as well yeah. uh, when I was at the Diamonds. Um, when I came back home then, I got the job with the FAW at the same time I was playing for Carmarthen and did my A licence there um, and then on to the pro licence. But, you know, I'd started it, you know, well before when I was still playing, you know, I would have been, what, have been late 20s when I started really, but there was something that something I always you knew. really wanted to do, something that you thought, yeah. this is the next step. Yeah. yeah. I was always interested in seeing how people worked and, like I said, you know, I've, I've had some fantastic managers and don't name any names. I've had some that I, I thought I haven't been very good at all. But even those, you, you take things from those as well. Yeah. They probably thought I wasn't much of a goalkeeper. So, you know, that, that's the way it is. But it's opinion. But, you know, it is. But, you know, you take good and bad from everybody. And that's something, you know, I still do now. The minute you stop wanting to be a sponge and listen and learn, then, then you're going to find it hard to progress. And, you know, I've, I've been extremely fortunate to have worked with some since I've stopped playing in my role at Swansea and now at, at Hull, the academy role and the coaching role, um, I've been really, really fortunate to work with with top, top people who have helped me a lot. Did you do the um, the licences through the Welsh FA or with English? Which route did you go down? Did my B licence with English. And then when I came back home then, I did my, my A licence and my pro licence with the Welsh FA then. Yeah, and I, I've sent, I did my goalkeeping A license as well. Uh, the first course they put on last year, so I've, I've done that now as well. And so, you know, something that 
although I haven't been a goalkeeper coach for some time, it's it's still something that I'm obviously interested in. I still I still got my like my uh, my goalkeeping union. I'm still in the union. I'm allowed in now and then, but uh, but uh, no qualifications and coaching was always something that I thought I'd I'd, I'd want to do. Didn't expect to get the jobs I have, but at the time, but you know you know I'm pleased that I I did my qualifications when I was still playing. No, I, mean, I speak to a lot of people and it, it sort of comes to them late 20s. They think, what am I going to do? Is it, is it coaching and things like that? Sometimes it's thrown upon you. Sometimes when you get a little bit too old, you get a little bit of a nudge. Do you want to do your coach, coaching qualifications because you know what's coming? Yeah. So yeah, similar to you, always interested in the game, always wanted to, to know about systems and setups and tactics and stuff. So yeah, you'll have seen, like you've, like you've mentioned, managers that are probably been in and around they've got the job because of the name or whatever I'm not saying that in, in your sort of background and stuff but I certainly you can see it now you know people getting roles that they've had three four five jobs and you know they keep regurgitating the same stuff so I'm always interested to to listen to what people say and so you know the last couple of questions for me what what drives you what what keeps driving you and what aspirations have you got you know for the future for Tony Pennock not not the football club whole city but for yourself um, I've done this role now for four seasons and I had, I had a spell when Steve Bruce left, uh, I stepped up to the first team from the academy then with Mick Phelan um, and then, then I left for a couple of months and then came back when the manager, manager left. Um, probably 10 years ago I wanted, I really wanted to be a manager, you know, when I did this thing to Patalba and then the, the, the semi-pros as well. Um, but now I think I found myself in a position now as as first team coach. You know, I work with the manager who comes in and his assistant. You know, they, there's myself and the goalkeeper coach who are, who are employed by the club who could say rather than the manager bringing us in. Um, so I thoroughly enjoy it, what I do. Um, would I look to change? I, I don't think I would really. I think I think the the role I've got, as long as I've got a manager who, who backs me and, and and wants me, that's that's the big thing. And you know we can work together, and, and you know I, I've been fortunate with that, especially my last two managers, Nigel Atkins coming in, and me and Nigel played together, so you know we've known each other. Anyway, yeah. Time. You know we had two good years together, and then Nigel decided to leave, and then Grant and, and and Cliff coming in. I knew Cliff; I'd met him a couple of times. Didn't know Grant, um, but you know we we get on. We we hit it off pretty quickly. Um, you know we worked together well. But you know, at the end of the day, the manager is a manager, <clears throat> and he, he's young. Obviously, Grant, you know, he wants to be on the training pitch and coach as well. Um, but between us, you know, I think it works well. You know, I, I spend a lot more time with the lads. Um, we're not in the squad. I, I take those sessions, on, you know, just on a Saturday and a Tuesday, and then through the week, you know, the sessions are shared. But Grant and Cliff are, you know, are coaches as well, so I have to understand that there's some days where I don't do a lot. There's some days where, where I will do quite a bit. And I think it works well. You know, we do a we we're close. We he involves me and Barry in in the team selection as well. So it's not like just down to the gaffer. Although he, he obviously has a final say. Um, but I'm really enjoying my role at the moment. And after the disappointment of last year, to to achieve what we achieved this year, you know, it makes things worth worthwhile. And you know, you you want to make yourself better and put on different new sessions for the lads that that stimulate them and and prepare them for Saturday afternoon. So any any regrets, Pens? Any regrets over your 
over your career? Anything you thought, do you know what, I wish I hadn't gone there, I wish I'd have taken the opportunity when I had the chance? Nothing in, in clubs I went to or left. Probably probably I had a spell, definitely at Hereford, um, where I didn't apply myself, you know. Didn't really have, didn't have a goalkeeper coach really until a, a proper goalkeeper coach until, um, full-time one that is, until I went into Russian and Diamonds. I was fortunate at Hereford. Um, Martin Thomas used to come in, but only once in a blue moon when the club could afford him to come in. Um, but Tomo, you know, I've remained friends with Tomo since he's just retired from the FA. And when I was at Yeovil, I used to, I used to be able to train at Swansea with, with Glenn Leatheran. You know, uh, John Hollins used to let me go in there and train with them, which which was great. But I probably I probably had that spell at Hereford and maybe towards the back end of my time at Wigan, but I didn't really have have somebody to say to me, listen, you need to knuckle down or you know, you need to realise that you've got potential, but unless you apply yourself, it, it, it means nothing. And so I had a little spell of that, especially Hereford, when I when I wasn't enjoying things. You know, I needed I needed I like to think I'd, I'd I'd be able to do that with the players I work with now on a daily basis and, and have that word with them. You know, it's, it's not being critical of them. It's just giving them the thoughts and experience, really, like, you know. And, and so I didn't, that, that's probably my, my, my regret, really, those probably that 12 months at Hereford. Um, but then dropping out of the league and going to Yeovil, as I, you know, I, I, I think I... I made the most of the ability I had after that, and at six good years, years at Yeovil, went to Rushton, and thoroughly enjoyed my time there. There's nothing I could have done at Rushton anymore to have gone in the team. You know, Billy was fantastic that season, and you know, you know, like I said, we lost the playoff final. It was a fantastic year, although I didn't play as much as I wanted to. You know, I I, I left Rushton knowing that I'd done everything I can to get in that team, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And then I've always, I always think I've looked after myself since, and done the best for the teams I, I was playing for. So we've talked about you've been in the game 31 years, you know, you've had an excellent career and, and to stay in that football environment, which is a, it's a harsh environment, you know, what what two or three things have you stood by that have helped you to get to where you are? And would you always, like you've just said about talking to younger players, what guidance information would you give to them? Never stop asking questions. That's a massive one, you know. Yeah. Um, for young coaches, you know, be a sponge, soak as much up as you possibly can and, and keep watching other people work. You know, we all nick each other's sessions. You know, we, we're all thieves when we come to people's sessions and you adapt them to, to suit your style or, or the team you're playing with. So always, I always like to watch and, and learn from other people and, and, and ask why they do that and what they get out of that session. Um, and and just 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 be hard working really. Just just do all you can and be able to know that you know if you've improved one player, then then great. But you know you've got to keep improving yourself as well as the players to make the players better in the long term. And um, at the end of the day, you 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 you're self-employed as a footballer and as a coach because you know one day that contract's going to end and and you need to go to another club. Um, only you can can get that job, really. You know, there's, it's not like you can apply for it. You you have to be, you know, in people's minds to get that next job or that next contract as a player. So while you can, you know, make the most of what you've got and, and make it even better. Ah, great stuff. 
It's been really good talking to you, mate. It's always um, nice to talk to people that have been in and around the Welsh Prem. And like you said, you, you've managed the semi-pros, had an excellent career. You're obviously doing something, um, you know, over and above that the, the normal the normal coach is doing to stay in that long, mate. So thank you very much for your time. It's been great chatting to you. Um, and Kenny Jacket was my my manager at Swansea when I was goalkeeper coach, and he, he said to me one day, he said, "The day you take a job, you're a day closer to, to losing it or leaving it," and that that's something I've always I've always lived by since I've been a coach. Really, you know, as much as as much as you love a job and get on well with every other club, you know, one day that's going to come to an end. But you know, you can't live your life worrying about when that happens. You know, you've just got to embrace it and and keep making yourself the, the best you can and help as many people along the way because. You never know one day when you might need their help. And um, that, that, that's something that has always stuck with me, what Kenny said that day, because and he was a big part of of me continuing to, to have a coaching career as a, as a goalkeeper coach then and, and as an outfield coach as I am now. But yeah, I've been fortunate to, to work with people like him and, and get the advice that I did that day. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, Pens. All the best for next season. Um, wish yes, you Scott. whatever you know. Whatever you choose to do next, you said about you being in that coach and whatever else, and you're happy at the moment. But I'm sure if different roles come up in the future, I'm sure you'll be uh, be a success. Whatever you do, mate. All right. Cheers, Scott. Right. Take care. Okay, All the best, Scott. Bye. Bye, mate.